Do you believe that we just witnessed the greatest weekend of football of all time? Yes, I don't know why it took so long. <laughs> Possibly. 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 Uh, divisional round came and went, and man, oh man, it was a 15-point margin between four games, which is the lowest in NFL history for a divisional round. Yeah, those uh, those overs that I was hammering last week, none of those panned out. You were <laughs> so just that, hit and that, miss uh, with uh, with those. Yeah, not a whole lot of hitting though. But you know, with you know, speaking of greatest of all time, like I really do think that that Bills Chiefs game might have been one of the greatest, definitely one of the greatest playoff games of all time. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, the other three games that happened, which were all phenomenal, except maybe Titans Bengals, that was kind of a snooze fest. And honestly, 49ers Packers was a snooze fest too. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that was the low point of the weekend. I think I think the upset was was a lot of shock value, but like the game itself. The way that game panned out in the fourth quarter was pretty nutty. But other than that, um, we'll get into all of that. Lots to talk about. Um, We're going to get into the upcoming games, conference championship weekend, two massive games. Um, Pretty excited about those. And then uh, our line segment this week, which uh, we'll go through what was right and what was wrong. Yeah, we're having to already kind of get creative with off-season Lions discussions as real football is still happening. We don't want to quite dive into free agency, draft preview, yeah. yada, yada. It's just it's too soon. We haven't even gotten to the Pro Bowl yet, Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's hold off on that. But lots of exciting games to talk about nonetheless. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so Al, I think there is one spot that we have to start out with this weekend, and I think it's the number one question coming out of this past weekend. Do you think that we just saw Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer? Yeah, I love that we both had this jotted down. Actually, yeah. I had extended to Rodgers and Brady. But... Which, yeah, we can definitely get into Brady after this, but I feel like this is the way that it happened, the fact that they had a bye and it was in Lambeau, and they they drop it off purely off of special teams. You know what? Here here's how I feel about the the possibility of Aaron Rodgers uh, leaving Green Bay. I am so <laughs> ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. That also would have been applicable. But uh, yeah, I I don't know if we've I don't think we've seen the last of either one of them in the league. No, um, I I, so I think especially you know Rodgers still potentially could get MVP. Yeah, at this point, I don't think Brady's going to get. I know there's kind of been some chatter around that, but I, I think it's really think pinned so. down to one of those two. And I, yeah. I agree. I think Rodgers is going to get it. So I think I think he's out. I mean, I it's interesting because the last couple of years before this one, obviously there was a bunch of drama because they got to the you know the championship round and they just yeah. couldn't they couldn't seal the deal and go to the Super Bowl. They don't even get there this year. No, it was at it's a home, step back. A, a flub of the game and a step back. And uh, it's just like in a year where everyone was like, okay they got it this year they're going to figure it out and go forward they regress so i think we have seen the last of him as a packer um i i know that his comments to this point have seemed kind of obviously non-committal because it's still Mm -hmm. pretty fresh but uh like he didn't have a super like um vague comment like he had last year when he was like future uncertain 
this time he kind of was more just like, ah, I got some thinking to do and we'll see kind of thing. But yeah, if I'm just going with my gut feeling here, I'd say there's a lot of teams who are in a pretty good spot and just need a quarterback. And I think he's going to go uh, see what's going on with one of those teams. And I believe they restructured his contract so that he is just able to flat out walk away now. Um, but again, I just, I don't know. I have this gut feeling that he is not leaving for some reason. Um, well, the Packers should absolutely not want him to leave because I, right. They have to, you know, we spent some time during the week 17 show when we were, or whatever the last week of the season was 18. I always get confused with this new, uh, new uneven schedule, mm-hmm. odd number schedule. Uh, we spent a lot of time dunking on Jordan Love about how yeah. awful he looked against the Lions. And, you know, his mm-hmm. his tape to this point is like very bad, very bad and very concerning. So if I'm Green Bay and I know you maybe took a step back and you're not ending the season where you wanted to, like you still have all the ingredients there if they keep Devontae Adams and that's know, the that other kind thing, of stuff. Yeah. Like you, you could make another run at it if you just reload. You yeah. But does Rodgers want to keep going? down this path with the Packers or does he want to get out of there and just have a fresh start? Yeah. You think about it. It's crazy. They've had two of the league's best quarterbacks um, since what, like 90 when Brett Favre like really coming into the league early two thousands, maybe. So the past two decades they've had earlier than that. I think, I think he was traded from the Falcons in like the mid nineties, I think. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's just insane. They have two Super Bowls to show for it. 49ers and Packers, uh, Good game. Uh, Packers special teams lost it for them at the end of the day. Mason Crosby's got to be just gone, right? Missed field goal and the blocked punt. They were 32nd in special teams. Uh, I don't know like what the criteria is for that, like what they're basing that off of, but I just know that they were dead last in special teams. Uh, and that lost them the game, flat out. You know, It's not like the 49ers were doing anything special on offense. They have a good defense. Jimmy Garoppolo's gotten two playoff wins. With zero touchdowns and two picks. Yeah, those are his postseason stats this year. So uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's it. That's all it comes down to. You can't blame Rodgers for that loss. You can't blame the defense for that loss. It all comes down to the special teams. So uh, congrats to the 49ers. They get to move on and they get to face uh, the Rams team, who ended up having a, a <laughs> just a wild game on Sunday. Yeah, just absolutely twenty-seven to three. You blink, it's 27 to 27. Well, I guess this this kind of uh, works for two of my uh, let's talk about it points here because, yeah. you know, obviously I want to talk about Brady, but I also want to talk about, you know, I know the Rams won this game, but we are still seeing the same problematic oh, 100%. stuff that the Rams have been putting out there for the last good couple games now. Yeah. It's just like they, they get ahead, they have an excellent first half, and then it just slips away. It They fall flat. They get too comfortable. Yeah. And it's uh, to this point, it's not been a problem for them. Uh, well, kind it, of has. It has I and it hasn't. I mean, they lost the 49ers game. They're at where they're at. Yeah. So it hasn't been that big of a problem. Yeah. But one of these days, you feel like their luck's going to run out. And 100%. I know they got, they got the comeback kid, Matthew Stafford, who's the fourth quarter guru. I mean, but can we just talk about that play for a quick second? Yeah. Yeah. He, he gets zero credit for that pass. It, everybody in national media, including the NFL, is just talking about Cooper Cup, which phenomenal route, Tampa Bay. Why you have single coverage with the fucking safety on him yeah, is beyond me. But Stafford had Dom Sue in his grill, 
and launched that ball 50-plus yards in the air on a dime to a sprinting Cooper Cup who caught that ball. And Stafford looked like he might have been one of like the few Rams players that knew to run up and clock it. He was yeah. screaming at his offensive line yeah. to get up and clock it. They had, they had just enough time to get the field goal off. Yeah, for it was sure. crazy. Yeah. Four seconds left. Yeah. So, I mean, that was absolutely incredible. Very clutch, classic Matthew Stafford. Yeah. That's that's the that's the peak Matthew Stafford that, that you want to see, no doubt. And, I mean, you know, Cooper Cup obviously had a huge, huge role game in that yeah. game. But, yeah, I totally agree. He does not get enough credit for that throw. Um, the, the rest of the team – they were purposely trying to throw that game. You can't convince me otherwise. Dude, the, the Bucks look so bad for a, for a good chunk of this game. I'd say like two and a half quarters. Like They, they would re- not look good. I couldn't believe that they actually got it to be as close as they did at the end. I was in shock that they got it that close. But like, is that the Rams' incompetence? Is that the Rams playing bad? Is that the Rams letting the lead well, go? Or is that the Bucks just you know, starting to fire on all cylinders too late in the game? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, the Rams opened the door for them. They could have closed that game out numerous times. They get the ball uh, at the goal line, uh, like right before the second half, and they could have pushed it to 27-3 to right there. It was a turnover, though, right? Cam Akers yeah. fumbles. Yeah. And then I think they got a touchdown coming out of the second half on that drive. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did. On the Stafford sneak. I think you're right. Yeah. It was either like late in the third quarter or off that opening drive. And then Cooper Cup fumbles. Cam Akers fumbles again. And Stafford did get bailed out a couple times. He had a couple throws that yeah. were pretty close to being picked yeah. off. You know, like I would there, agree with there that. were a couple plays where the Bucks they could have made something happen. Yep. And then a huge turning point in the game, you know, the Rams, they missed that field goal, which Matt Gay, what the hell was that it was 47 yards and it was short yeah you're an nfl kicker and then von miller like you saw like throughout the game those players that they went out and got showing up like obj had a solid game yeah von miller gets that strip sack and recovery for the rams well we've been talking about that for the last couple weeks we've been talking about how they're actually these late or mid-season acquisitions are finally like paying off, and like they're finally have, have been there long enough where they're not just like contributors, they're actually like making impact and like making a difference. And one hundred percent, I think, yeah, man, o- OBJ, like I think everyone, rightly so, kind of wrote him off and said mm-hmm. overrated, overhyped, but he's been turning up for the Rams. He's been he's been pretty he's been good, a very good red zone for that offense. Yeah, but you and know, I'd be curious to see if he had not gone to Cleveland. Maybe he went to another spot. I mean, I just don't think they know how to use him. Or they didn't know how to use him or they didn't give him enough targets because he's been here for half the season, and I've heard his name a lot. I think know? he actually has more touchdowns on the Rams than he did his entire tenure. I think Cleveland. you're right, yeah. So um, He's also got Stafford thrown to him and Sean McVay cooking up plays yeah. for him. But, you know. but I was going to say, you know, Von Miller gets that strip sack and fumble recovery, and then the very next play, you know, the center – miscommunication with him and Stafford and he snaps the ball 40 yards over his head and goes the other way and the Bucks get it. So, I mean, like the Rams, like the Bucks were firing all cylinders towards the end of that game, but the Rams 100% just opened the door for him. Well, uh, I, I think that the main problem with the Bucks in this game was, was just plain and simple, their offense. They couldn't get it going. They could not and early uh, on. You no. know, I know, 
the narrative kind of had become without AB, without Godwin, like, you know, they're going to be as lethal and no, they weren't. And it really showed. Yeah. They, and they got Lenny back and he made some plays. I think he had a touchdown um, mm-hmm. and it Mike just Evans, wasn't enough. Mike Evans really got it going in the second half, but that first half, I mean, Ramsey was all over him. And Brady, Brady had a pretty good game. I think he had a turnover, but he had a turnover in the first half. His first half was horrendous. His second half was night and day. I mean, he, he really turned it around in the second half. So, uh, let's let's focus the point on Brady now. Do you think that we've seen the last of Brady? Um, well, I, I think that I always kind of envisioned him like wanting to go out on top with the Super Bowl win and yeah you know that's just what he does but like I'm starting to kind of shift my thinking that he probably will just play until he doesn't feel like he can play at a high level anymore like physically keep up and keep playing excellent football and you know actually have a shot to win I guess uh so I don't think we've seen the last of him because his play this year was was pretty damn good he was in the MVP race with Rodgers as we kind of just talked about he might still win it we don't know but uh, you know he's still playing really excellent the bucks still have a very good roster and he's still under contract there's a lot of reasons for him to come back he i don't think he's really you know hinted at retiring so i i think we're gonna see more of him yeah yeah led the league in touchdowns and passing yards this year so i mean he definitely was He's still, like, I feel like, at the top of his game. Yeah, it's not like he's like a serviceable like no, veteran. Like he's, he's like he's a still he's a great very quarterback. Solid. Yeah. Right. Um. So I don't. You know, it's just it's funny that all the rumors are swirling now. Like, oh, is he done? Like, where is this? Like, do you know? Like, where is this I, I don't really at all? get it. Um. Is it purely because he's forty four and that's all anyone I, talks I about? Would assume so. Um. He did drop a comment about it. Um. I think it's kind of what you were you were saying, where he was like, you know, obviously I would want to go out, you know, with another Super Bowl win, but how realistic is that? I don't know. So I don't, uh, I don't think we've seen the last of him. I think he comes back for another year. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? It is interesting to think that they brought the band back together. I remember talking about this in the off season. They literally brought the entire roster back that won the Super Bowl the year before, and it wasn't enough to get it done this year. And you would assume that they aren't going to have the same roster next year because it was hard enough to put it in place this year. Yeah, very and true. you wonder how many subtractions and additions they'll make to make this team as good as it's been. I don't know. There's a lot of questions, but I don't think – I think as long as the roster looks good and, and they want him, he'll be back. Yeah. No, it'll be really interesting. If you're Tampa, why wouldn't you want him back? I mean, he's no. I mean, literally I giving your franchise new Tampa. life. Like, yeah, I don't think it's Tampa. That'd be like, all right, thanks, Tom, out the door. Um, switching gears now to the AFC, we had Bengals Titans. Um, I know that you were pegging Titans Buccaneers as your Super Bowl. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> both teams got eliminated this past yeah. weekend, and I had them in both in our uh, in our pick them in our yeah. That's real tough. offline stuff. Yeah. Um. What did what did you make of the Cincinnati Tennessee game? Uh, I don't know. You know, we kind of talked about it at the top of the show being one of the more uh, lackluster games of the weekend. You know, full of great games, but yeah. I guess I just i I guess I just underestimated uh, the Bengals to a degree. I mean, I like they they're so young and fiery that I kind of just mm-hmm. was like, 
they've made it far, but this is the kind of team that Tennessee, if they're for real, they just need to squash this and move on. Yeah. And they're the number one seed in the AFC. They've got a lot of good players. Derrick Henry's coming back. Like, I, you know, I felt like I was pretty justified in making that take, but ultimately Tannehill has a, has a pretty bad game and does a lot of things that seem pretty uncharacteristic for him. He Also, want to point out, two of those picks were tip balls, which yeah. probably shouldn't have been throwing them, but for the wide receivers, probably should also be catching them. And Derrick Henry... Uh, you know, he, to me, did not look a hundred percent. He made, he was making some plays, but not, not like the domination that he usually has. And he wasn't that big of an X factor in this game. And I think it, I think it really could have gone either way. Most of the game, I think the Bengals just came out on top and it was just a scrappy game and Bengals are man, you know, they're, they're giving me a run for my money. That's for sure. They're definitely, I think they've now become, well, 49ers are still the team of destiny, but Bengals are almost like another team of destiny where like people wrote them off. You know, I think people expected them to get that win over the Raiders, but I don't know how many people are actually expecting them to get this win. Um, but well, Titans are, we talk about it a lot. Titans are yeah. a team that don't get a lot of respect. So yeah. they, you know, I think a lot of people were riding with Joe cool and you know what I got to say after watching, that game uh i i will get more into it and follow the money but i definitely uh they're my afc really team. and again i've taken kansas city to lose every single game kansas city yeah, i don't know after last game i don't know how you can say that well we'll get into it i have a reason a specific okay. reason but Interesting. Uh, yeah but anyways uh so we talked about three out of four of the games also pointed out uh three out of four of those games were all road teams that won uh, which is going completely opposite of what I was saying last week on how important home field advantage is during the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but the one team that did actually win uh, their home game, the Kansas City Chiefs, in a uh, absolute thriller of a game against the Buffalo Bills, where they came out on top. Uh, what was it like thirty forty-two to thirty-six? I think the forty-two to thirty-six. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, I mean. What do we want to say about this game? Bills are cursed. That's what I have to say because yeah. they've been cursed for forever. Yeah, <laughs> they've made several Super Bowls and never won one. And uh, yeah, they just—I mean, Josh. What else does Josh Allen have to do? The dude had a perfect postseason. He did. He had an absolutely absurd postseason. He had, I think, fourteen, maybe even less. I think maybe it was eight incompletions through two games. That's insanity. seven touchdowns. Insanity. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Davis. How four touchdowns in the game. Yeah, eight catches, two hundred yards, four touchdowns, a postseason record. He had one play where he completely just ghosted a safety. Oh, like, it, it was, was it was nasty. Nasty. Yeah, it was one of the biggest ankle. He was wide open, and that was on a fourth and like fourteen too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely crazy. shredded uh, a safety's ankles and caught a wide open touchdown. I mean, it was incredible. Three touchdowns in the last two minutes. Tyree Kill takes one sixty yards to the house. Off a, just a little, you know, post across the middle, he showed off his speed. I mean, it was insane. I th- I think just the narrative now has become around the Chiefs. It's just like I think everyone just forgot that M- Magic Mahomes. They just kind of forgot how how different they yeah. are, and especially him. And yeah, that's a fair narrative. I mean, he, we everyone was writing them off pretty early on in the season, and before you know it, they're up for the number one seed in the AFC. They're they're division champions again. They are rolling teams and and here we are. They're back in the championship for First a third time. straight year. Four, fourth straight year. Sorry. Fourth straight year of hosting it. 
insane, which no team has ever done before. Um, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely insane. And yet, here I am saying I'm going to go with the yeah. Bengals next round. Um, oh, God. Okay. I mean, you know, with the Bills, I mean, that's so tough. You give them the ball back with 13 seconds up three points, uh, 14 seconds. And that's, I mean, that's the huge issue with prevent defense. You know, they, they let Tyreek Hill. Misery, misery, that's what you've chosen. <laughs> that's the issue with prevent defense. You try to, you know, keep them in bounds or not let up the deep ball. You let Tyreek Hill just catch a, you know, 10-yard pass, and he ends up taking it for another 10 yards. And then our real quick Ty- or uh, Travis Kelsey catch, and boom, they're in field goal range. So, you know, you did it to yourself. Um this game definitely brought up a bigger question about the NFL overtime rules. Where do you stand with that? Do you think that that game was the one to do it to make them change how they do it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I personally, I am not a fan of like, God, I just remember that one Auburn game this year where it was just back and forth yeah. nonstop until like, you know, it went, somebody way, made a play. It went way too long. And like, mm. For me, that seems kind of exhausting, and I am kind of okay with the overtime rules. I understand that it's not quite fair for one team, uh, especially if you're playing against the Chiefs. I, I get that. Um, but, you know, my team hasn't been bit in the ass by it, so I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, when that happens, I'll, I'm sure I'll be bitching up a storm. But mm-hmm. And, you know, I see both sides of the argument. One is, you know, Josh Allen should have touched the ball in that overtime. He should have a chance to at least touch it once. Yeah. At the same time, though, if you're Buffalo, get a stop. Right. Stop them. Um, which, obviously, easier said than done, especially against the Chiefs, who were just on a roll last night. Um, but, you know, I think – you know where I think that the overtime rules need to go? I don't think they need to go to college. I just think that even if the Chiefs score a touchdown there, I think that they should have to kick the ball off and let the Bills go. And then if the Bills score a touchdown – then it's next score wins. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You have the same argument then. I mean, it's just longer. You said the same argument where it's like, well, if the Chiefs score again after that, then the Bills then the game a chance. Over. Yeah, but like, you, you see what I'm saying, right? Like, if that happened, that scenario where the Chiefs scored, then the Bills scored, and the Chiefs scored again, and it's over, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as like, well, at know, that the, point, the Bills though, didn't get a but shot. I mean, the Bills got a shot to tie it. You know, Josh Allen gets the ball in his hands during that overtime. And then if you can't get a stop after that, then if if it okay, just real if it was like if they each got a, a chance to score again, let's say they both score again in overtime, maybe then you switch to the college conversions stuff, or you you know you shorten the field range. Like I don't know, there's just got to be some way to like. I just I'm just trying to think of ways it wouldn't go horribly long and like just. Be, I don't think it would go horribly, hor- especially with those two teams. I don't think it would go horribly long, because I mean, let's say that you know the Bills are then put in that position where they have to go score a touchdown. Yeah. So then they're going for it on every fourth down that they get, and maybe they do convert it. Maybe they don't. You know, maybe they don't even score that touchdown. The game's over. But well, at least you know they give the Bills a chance in overtime. Well, look, you and me are just two jabronis on a podcast. Very true. The NFL probably has no idea that we exist. So my. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, so my question for you is, do you think that, you know, our wacky ideas aside, do you think that they would ever 
flirt with the idea I think of they're changing gonna, it. I think that is going to be the game that changes it. Okay. Yeah. I was I would think so. I just want to say one last thing about the Bills Chiefs game. Um I know I've been dogging on the Chiefs. I know I've been betting against them, whatever. Maybe I'm just bored with it. I don't know. I don't I want to see, see the Bills. Win. I want to see the Bills Me too. win. Absolutely. And like I wanted to see Josh Allen in the AFC championship against Joe Burrow. Like that yeah. would have been and, you know, Chiefs will be a good game, but I, you know, it's probably what's going to happen. The Chiefs are just going to roll them, and yeah, that's just—it's kind of—they're kind of becoming the Alabama of the AFC. Yeah. I just don't. It's just—it's not—it's not fun to see them win anymore. Yeah, nobody's rooting for them, except so, for Kansas City. I don't know what Buffalo has to do next year to, you know, get over that hurdle. I mean, they maybe they need more at the running back position. Singletary's just—he's tight. Well, yeah, I mean, he had a decent game. I—I I, I would say he's serviceable right now. I don't think that it—that was the issue. I think it's the defense at the end of the day, which, I mean, they had a very solid defense. They just couldn't get the stop. Yeah, one other player who's making a pretty big impact for the Chiefs. I got to say, Jarek McKinnon's looking pretty good. He's looking very solid currently. And him with Allaire, like, together, like, Mm -hmm. that's looking pretty good. Like, they both had some nice plays in this game. Like, like, I would say McKinnon had an even better week the week before. Yeah. But – them together in this game, they're a nice tandem, and if they can keep that going, that's just that little special spicy. It's just ingredient one more they... person to worry about. Yeah, yeah. Le'Veon Bell uh, cut or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. He was on the team, yeah. but yeah, he cut. Anyways, what else? Oh my god! What else do we got to talk about? We got anything else? Uh, I think that was it. But all right, yeah, that's you know uh, <laughs> that's let's talk about it. Let's uh, let's follow the money. Okay, Al, let's uh let's recap the last week real quick. Um rough week. Uh in the Cincinnati and Tennessee game, you had Tennessee minus three and a half, uh, which was a loser. Uh I had That's nonsense. That's garbage. I had Cincinnati plus three and a half, but I also had the over, which uh they didn't sniff. Not a weekend for overs. No. Um in the Green Bay San Francisco game, I had the under, and I believe you had the over. I had the over. Yeah, yeah. I had the over and everything. I think. Yeah. I didn't take any unders. In Tampa Bay, in Los Angeles, I'm just trying to remember now. I, I mean, I, I could pull. I have the things on my phone. I yeah. can just pull them up. I'm just trying to do it off memory. That's... I had Tampa Bay plus three or minus three and a half, which did not hit. You dumb bitch. <laughs> Tampa Bay plus three and a half, which did not hit. I think you had, uh, I think you had the under. Uh, Tampa Bay was minus three and a half. That's what I said. Oh, I said plus. Oh, then I said plus. You dumb bitch. Brandy, bitch. Uh, what'd you have? Uh, I had the over in the Cincinnati Tennessee game. Uh, I had the over in the Niners Packers game with the Niners winning. Uh, I had the over in the Bucks Rams game and which Buffalo by two and a half. And then Buffalo uh, plus two and a half, which is not hit. I had uh, Buffalo plus two and a half, and I had the under uh, of 55, which uh, turns out uh, those offenses are as good as everybody says they are. Hey, I'm glad I got one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't bet on that. No. No, you didn't. <laughs> the one over. The one the over. The one over. That you uh, – well, no. I Tim Bay and – LA 100% hit. Here's all that matters to me. That was your one win. Um, so a combined uh, three and eight, not our best showing. 
but there's always room to bounce back, and that's what we're going to do this week. You know what? We uh, a lot of teams in the NFL in the postseason they really round into form. We regress. Yeah, we regress we, we very hard. Regress out of form, and maybe that's just because that's our Lions' blood. You know, like we just don't we're understand. Out of yeah. <laughs> yeah, this isn't our time. Yeah, we don't get this. 100%. What is this postseason? Yeah, <laughs> great point, Al. That was a dumb bitch. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sunday at 3 p.m., we have the uh, AFC team of destiny. I guess that's what I'll start calling them. Lo- love that the Bengals have gotten the absolute garbage slot every yeah. single Every game. single week. Um, Cincinnati at Kansas City. Kansas City opens up as seven-point favorites at home. The total is set at 53.5. You know, really quick, I, I just like – I think even if they lose, I think that they are next season going to be one of people's like most hyped up, you think talked they about team. I don't know if they regress, but I know that there's going to be a lot more Bengals fans going into next year, or a lot uh, more yeah. like Joe proactive and loud. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase fans, no doubt, no yeah, doubt. That's very true. I, you know what? Now that you said that, I think they actually, I think they pull Cleveland Browns and regress hard next year. Mm. I think that's very possible. Maybe I'm wrong though. That offensive line is remarkably bad for how far they've gotten. Yeah. How many times did Burrow get hit this Nine. Week? Yeah. Not not hit, sacked. Oh, that's... Bet they wish they, bet they, wish they had Penny Sewell now, huh? I mean, I'm pretty sure they're happy with her. They're happy with Jamar Chase, but... Fuck you, Bengals. Um, Al, what are you, what are you feeling? So you're feeling... <laughs> you're feeling Cincinnati plus seven? Sounds like, uh, yeah, because money line's not an option, right? Uh, you can take money line. I'll take money line. Cincinnati wow. money line. Uh, what's the over again? Fifty three. Fifty three and a half. Um, yeah, I trust the Chiefs to score that many points. I don't know if I trust the Bengals to score that many points. I do. Give me the over fifty three and a half, and I think the Chiefs absolutely route this team. Hello. Yeah, I guess uh, like we're doing a little ebb and flow here in the playoffs. First week was overs. Last week was unders. Yeah. This week would be overs again. So I will do the same thing. I will take the, I'll take the Bengals well, actually, money line. It would make more sense that we take a bunch of overs this weekend and all the unders hit. Or you take a bunch of unders this weekend and then all the overs hit. Right. Yeah. So give me the over. Okay. <laughs> so give Bengals me. money line Genius. is the over. Yeah. This is five head thinking, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, okay. So you're taking Bengals money line. Uh, do you want Bengals plus seven too? Maybe round out the uh, record there, <laughs> or you yeah, get actually, two I could, wins. I could use some help. <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll take the spread too. Okay, so Al's got money line plus seven and the over fifty three and a half. I have KC minus seven and fifty three and a half. I am uh, I'm walking. I mean, it's like at this point, I'm just walking into a buzzsaw because you are. like because it's like. It's I Chiefs. might as well because, it, like, I have to just take opposite of you because you're my competition here. If this is a competition angle, why does it got to be a I competition? Know. I don't know. It doesn't. We're just giving out picks. This is your opinion. But you can't do this to me. <laughs> Sleeping. This is our best follow the money segment ever. It's off the rails. <laughs> well, we had to kind of find a way to make it a little more exciting without well what's your reasoning on the Bengals? i feel like you said that you had a strong reasoning i do yeah oh my god i completely Completely forgot forgot about it it. jesus yeah i completely forgot about it okay because and this is not my own original factoid i did hear this from somebody else but their previous two super bowl appearances 
have both been against the San Francisco 49ers, who are still alive. So my Super Bowl pick is going to be that matchup. Wow. Because that would be spicy. That would, that would be. be three of three. That would be. So it's either going to go Rams versus Chiefs. Oh, my gosh. Or <laughs> Niners versus Bengals. And we all know I can't pick the Rams. Yeah. Because I, I have to die on that hill. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have I have no choice. So I have to ride with the Bengals because oh that is the foretold matchup. That can yes. Happen. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I'm probably going to lock that in as a parlay. Okay. So. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, misery, misery, misery. I'm taking the Chiefs just because of the Chiefs. And talk about rounding into form at the right time. I think they've done that. 1,000% justified. I, uh, uh, yeah. And you know what? After last week, I think the Bengals' offensive line, I think Melvin Ingram and Chris Jones are going to have an absolute field day against that offensive line. Ah, God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. Ingram has been a, a really had, nice addition. Insane yeah, yesterday. So that uh, offensive line is Swiss cheese. I mean, like, okay, so how how do the Bengals make magic happen and win this game? They have to – Joe Mixon has to go for 100-plus and at least one touchdown. And it's got to be, like, a 30-yard-out touchdown, 30-yard-plus. He's got to, like, break one off, and it's got to be a good play. Joe Burrow, he has to focus on getting rid of the ball quickly. He can't hold on to it. He's holding on to it for way too long, which means that wide receiver core really needs to step up this upcoming week, which they've done all year. T. Higgins, yeah, Higgins looked great last game too. T. Higgins was great. Uh, Jamar Chase obviously is, you know, becoming an absolute stud. Tyler Boyd is the forgotten like safety valve, and uh, Uzama's been good. Uzama's been phenomenal. Yeah. So they need to have a phenomenal game, and then, you know, honestly. For the defense, you just gotta hope that your team gets the ball last. I was gonna say uh, the Chief, the, the Bengals need to be playing bounty ball and get Chad Henney in the game. It's the only way they're gonna have a shot to win yeah. this thing. Honestly, yeah. um, that because I mean, unfortunately, I think you just you have to uh, you can't play to the Chiefs' pace. You just can't. No. You're not gonna be able to withstand that. So, Their offense is explosive enough to score a lot of points, but very quickly. But it's not the Chiefs' level. No, and the Chiefs are are in Chiefs time. Yeah. So you can't at play. Arrowhead. That's going to be tough. And the, you know, I just I remember again that Pittsburgh game where they just were off to a slow start. You know, the mm-hmm. Bengals, if they were in that scenario, they would have had two touchdowns in Probably. that game. And that's that's the kind of start you need to have to have a shot in that yep, game. One hundred percent. They need to catch them off guard. They need to have a nice first half and like keep it close or or just man just stay ahead and just keep the gas down like yeah like that's that's all you gotta do and you know and i guess really what it comes down to is they need to establish the run and by that i mean you can't you can't be playing for third downs you just can't you need to be picking up seven yards by second down for them to be able to drain clock keep mahomes off the field and just continuously move the ball which is extremely difficult to do I think that's really the only way that they can win the game. All right. Changing gears uh, once more. San Francisco versus L.A. Third time these two teams have met this season. Uh, San Francisco uh, walloped them the first time. And and then absolutely uh, walloped them in the second half of the second time they played. Yeah. And the second time they played was in L.A., but very well could have been a home game for the 49ers. 
It could be this time, too. And I think it will be this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think that yikes. a lot more 49ers fans will show out than Rams fans, uh, making it basically a home game for the 49ers. If the 49ers win this game, which I'm picking them to do so, I'm picking them plus three and a half, I'm picking them money line, and I'm also going to take the under in this game, which uh, is set at 46 and a half. Oh, wow, that's actually, I don't know. I'm the running game has been one. pretty pretty good. I'm going to have to think on that one. And Debo. And Debo. Wow. Whoa, what's the status on him? Don't know. Can we put a pause in this segment real quick? Yeah. All right, we're out of the pause. We found out that Debo is moving towards a positive. Uh, you probably didn't have to say we're out of the pause. I, I, but I wanted the listeners to be in on what we're doing. Okay. You know? This just makes my listeners. job harder because now I'm going to have to include the listeners. Come on. Let's invite them down to this basement with us. It's very cold down here. It is. Um, Devo, it's it's trending towards the idea that he is going to play on Sunday. I I just I don't I don't see how the Rams win this game. I just don't. And you know what? The other thing, I want the Rams to win. I really do. Yeah. But I've bet against them uh, every single game like you have, and they've won. So I'm gonna keep doing it yeah. and hope that they win. Well, I feel like that's kind of where we're at. Um, I kind of just gave my ultimatum as to <laughs> why I need to pick against the Rams. Yeah. Also, the fact that I do need to die on this hill because I have been staunchly against them yeah. going very far in the playoffs. And uh, they've proven me wrong. Um, look, the Rams, I, on paper, they have everything in their favor right they now. Do. And they... They should just go take care of business to win this game, but the Niners have been kind of a bugaboo for them. and been They've an won the last six meetings. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan seems like he knows how to scheme against McVay. He and really does. Stafford has never, I know he's won these games. He's never been to the NFC Championship. He's never had one game away from the Super Bowl. You don't know how he's going to react. You don't know how he's going to play. I think, I think Shanahan has had enough time to... Uh, assess Stafford mm-hmm. with two games, and I'd have to look at the numbers again. You know when they actually matched up with him this season, but I mean two Niners wins. It's it's significant, and the home field thing. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of Niners fans there, and that's significant too. And like this game could go either way, and you know for in defense of the Rams, like Jimmy G's look pretty lousy this postseason. I gotta say, like not. Not 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 completely nuclear yeah, bad, but yeah. but just not great. No, He's by any means, not doing anything remotely close to what Stafford's doing for the Rams. Like not even close. No. So they have an advantage there. The Rams have a better defense, probably on paper. On paper, I would agree Cooper with that. Cup, they got. I would OBJ. say the way the two teams are playing now, I would actually, I would say that the 49ers have a better defense, just the way that they're playing. Yeah. Um, but. Who knows? You know, my thing with this game, the way that the Rams win this is you have to do everything in your power to not let them establish the run. You got to make Jimmy G beat you, which he's done. But I don't know. There seems to be maybe, maybe I think he had a thumb injury against Dallas. Yeah. And maybe, you know, there's more to that than what we're seeing. You know, they ha- they have to make Jimmy throw the ball. They have to cause turnovers. The secondary for the Rams is not very good. Um, that number 11. Well, besides Ramsey. Besides Ramsey, of course. 
Uh, and Nick Scott actually has been playing phenomenal ball the last two games. How's Weddle been? He actually he made some plays on Sunday. I don't think he's been that bad. Uh, he had a really dumb penalty, uh, but he ended up getting scotch free. Well, not scotch free. Said scotch free. Whoops. <laughs> I've been hitting the scotch a little too hard. Um, I was about to say this is a scotch-free podcast for a couple weeks now. <laughs> um, but you know, it's I. I think it just it comes down to the Rams' defense winning that game for them. They have to step up at this point. They can't have a collapse like they've had against Tampa Bay. Like they collapsed uh, against San Francisco in Week 18. Like they can't do that this game. And McVay, you know what? If they get up to that lead again, put your foot on the gas. Yeah. No turnovers. Cam Akers fumbles the ball one time this week. He's not getting the ball again. Who uh who do you have in this game? What are your what's your exact lines here? Uh I think I, I think I was gonna do the same as you, but I just need to hear it again. It's LA favorited by three and a half points. I mean, what are you doing? I'm doing San Francisco plus three and a half. I'm doing San Francisco money line. And you know what? I flipped. I'm going to do the over. I, I will mirror that exactly. I'll yeah. do the exact same thing. Hello. Yeah. I like because At this point, it's like it's a, just a tale as old as time. Let me ask you this. Um, let's say that the Rams do lose here. Mm-hmm. Did they do enough this year to justify the Stafford trade, justify the superstar, super team Acquisitions to like, do they do they do enough no. this year, or is it Super Bowl or bust? It's Super Bowl or bust, in my opinion. I think Stafford has done enough to justify the trade. Fair, you know, he was rocky throughout. He was great for probably the first half of the season. Very rocky in the second half. Very bad in the second half, actually. But when it came to that number one question, he's never won a playoff game. Can he do the big games? Can he beat teams that are, you know, on paper probably as good as his team? He's proven that. I think the Tampa game proved to me that he's 100%. That he can hang. His team did everything in their power to throw that game away. And when it came down to it on the wire, he threw that ball up in the air and it was perfect. I don't think Jared Goff could have won that game. No, I don't think so either. So. All right, man. This is it. This is the championship round. Then we got, you know, the ultimate the, game, the big boy. Um, hey, let's let's spend some time talking about a team who is about as far away as you could be from <laughs> these conversations. Our lovable losers, <laughs> the Detroit Lions. Let's go! Lions! Okay, Al. It's our favorite segment of the week. We get to talk about uh, the team that we love most. That's all right. Um, let's talk about what went right with this uh, this regime in their first year. What went wrong? Where can they improve? Uh, where more more specifically, three things they got right, three things they got wrong. Because we could talk about what they got right and wrong for yeah. hours. But, yeah. Uh, we don't have that kind of time. Yeah, we're we're making this kind of a BuzzFeed article uh, <laughs> list them kind of thing. So yeah. okay. three things they got right. Three they got wrong. Okay. Um, well, why don't you start? What, what do you think they got right or wrong? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll start with the right. I'm going to try mm-hmm. and kind of go back and forth here. Yeah. Um, and I know we just finished yammering on about them, but I will say the Stafford trade. They got that right. Um, that was a huge, that was a huge thing as soon as Brad Holmes was brought on. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, you know, even as soon as Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn were 
relieved of their duties. Uh, Stafford was kind of the big question mark. And like, where does this franchise go now? Cause he clearly wants to go somewhere else. And like they, he mm-hmm. doesn't want to do another rebuild, but we got to do another rebuild. Cause this thing needs to be leveled. Yeah. It was stripped down to the bolts. So Brad Holmes, uh, you know, he, he makes a trade where number one, uh, the lions are well compensated. We get two first round draft picks and a starting quarterback who throughout the year, we've seen some improvement and mm-hmm. you could see, you could start to see the semblance of an idea that Jared Goff could be an answer under the right circumstances. Yeah. If he continues to improve. Mm-hmm. So that's a total win as far as value goes. 100%. Uh, and number two, uh, he got Stafford to a place where Stafford is happy. Mm-hmm. Stafford's clearly playing for a Super Bowl now, which, yep. you know, that was the goal. And uh, I, I think it was a win-win. It's about as good as you can do in this kind of situation. And there's been a lot of situations with Lions superstars in the past where they've, you know, you got a Barry situation, a Calvin situation where it just, it it ends in... in uh, Not in the best terms. Good way to put it. Yeah. There's a lot of nasty words you could say, but yes, yeah. that's uh, it ends badly, ends poorly. But this was the rare occurrence where everybody walks away for the better. So, and that being the first big move of this new regime, yeah. I had to note that as one of the things they absolutely did right. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. They did right by Stafford, which uh, honestly, I feel like that was probably the number one thing um, for me. Um, but the fact that they got very well compensated in return was sensational. And I, I think it's interesting too, when you look at the, uh, when you look at the Carson Wentz trade yeah. that happened, I think maybe a couple of weeks after, or like a month mm-hmm. or two after, uh, you know, he ultimately did result in the Eagles getting a first round pick because of the amount of snaps he played. Right. Yep. And I mean, I feel like the lions got way better value than the Eagles got for Wentz, even though, you know, they, both got a first round pick next year out of it technically, but yeah. like, you know, the Lions are going to have another one. And even though they're late, they're still first round picks. And yep. I, I just think, I just think that trade is kind of a good comparison to be like, and Wentz is a younger superstar top draft pick quarterback in parentheses, air yeah. quotes, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he should have garnered about the same. You would think he's been in a super bowl or like he, he, you know, he got his team to the promised land before he got hurt. Nick Foles won it. You're kind of, you know, wincing and stuff as I'm saying this, but it's true. <laughs> I'm I Carson mean, wincing. <laughs> that's good. That's good. We need a, you know, drop we need next. Boom, boom. No, we don't need that. <laughs> Just take that audio clip of me Dumb doing bitch. it. <laughs> Won't do that. Anyways, that's my first right. Okay. So I got a good segue. Okay. I think something that they did right, sticking it out with Goff. Okay. Uh, obviously everybody knows the first couple, probably the first half of the season was not good for Jared. Uh, and there was probably a lot of pressure on Dan Campbell to bench him and go with Tim Boyle, which who would have been 20,000 times as worse. Well, I don't think anyone was calling for Tim Boyle. I think yeah, everyone was I think calling was, for David Blau. To be everybody's honest. calling for David Blau, but for some reason, David Blau never saw the field. So it would have been Tim Boyle, but I think it was a really good sign that Dan Campbell was like, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm sticking with this guy. He gives us the best chance to win a game and we just got to get the monkey off our back, which eventually they did. And eventually he started showing that he can win games, that he can be a competent quarterback back there. You know what? I, I was, uh, I, I might not have agreed with that sentiment all year, like, because obviously during the 
earlier portions of the season, we were kind of like, woof, this is not going well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when Goff went out and when he missed a couple games due to injury or whenever Boyle had to come in, whether it was COVID or injuries or whatever, like, I was just like, oh my God, please get Goff back in there. Yeah. Like, seriously. As soon as Tim Boyle took a snap, everybody was like, okay, this is much worse. <laughs> yeah. And, and then obviously Goff's, uh, you know, his improvements towards the end of the season definitely made it more of a, you know, reasonable play to have him be the, the starter. And, you know, I am still just going to say that I'm not sure he's the forever option. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I've been totally sold on him yet, but I definitely agree that sticking it out with him and giving him the full year and giving him time next year too to properly make that decision is the way to go. Because if they had lost, if they went 0-5, 0-6, and just said, no, you're done. Yeah, and put in Tim Boyle. I mean, we wouldn't have won a game. No, one hundred percent. Like Goff definitely had a role to play in the few wins that we did have this year in the games where we were actually close. Like he, he was definitely a factor, no doubt. The other nice thing about it was, it never, you know, Dan Campbell. I feel like is just really good at choosing his words. Like he never put a loss on Goff, but he told him. You need to start stepping up in these situations. Yeah, for th- us. there were several press conferences where he's like, "We need more out of him." Yeah, and and know. it never felt like he was throwing him under the bus or anything like that. No, but it just felt like, "Hey, man, we just need a little bit more." Um, and Goff ended up delivering, and it also wasn't, you know, it it would have been so easy for Campbell to go, "All right, let's go with Tim Boyle and keep the play calling the way that it was." Yeah, yeah. Instead, Dan Campbell's like, "All right, well, let's see what's wrong with the play calling," and. That ended up working out perfectly for them. Credit to Goff, too, because I'm sure a lot of guys in that situation uh, where they get shipped to one of the worst teams in the league and the team's playing bad and then you're not playing great either, I'm sure that would just be a spiral for a lot of guys where they just go, it's done, my career's done, this Mm -hmm. is a mess. But end of the year, we're talking about him like a viable option. So he did as best as he could do in the circumstances, and uh, it's because he wasn't benched. So I totally agree with your point. Uh, what's something that they got wrong? Got to report my list here. All right, this is this is a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know what? I have two. I'll, I'll get to the huge one in a minute because this is just a natural segue. I should go here. Okay. The backup quarterback. Yeah. Huge, huge f up. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know that Tim Boyle was bad, and I know that everyone was saying, "Let's see what we got with David Blau," and then never came to fruition. Uh, so like, why didn't we address that and make that a better situation for the backup? Like we didn't factor in Goss, Goff, like losing time. Yeah. You know, we weren't planning on Goff being out for a couple multiple games. weeks mm-hmm. and stuff, but like you have to plan for that because it's the NFL and yep. players get hurt all the time and you need to have a, your backup, you know, in place. And I remember when Stafford was here, we had, you know, we had Sean Hill for a couple of years who was, not great, but he was a serviceable backup at times. You had Chase Daniel, who was, I don't know-ish. Bad. I guess that's a broader Bad. issue. Why have the Lions not been able to figure out a backup quarterback? That's a great question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. Is it a situation at- where if they if they had a backup who was decent and they outshined Goff, you're kind of like you're kind of fucked? Or like, what's the deal? Like, I mean, hmm. because why else would you not? I'm sure there's guys in the street who, who could be better than than Tim Boyle. I'm positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I thought you were about to say Goff. Uh, or they could probably no. have traded a lo- done a low level trade. Yeah, where they trade like a, a a running back or a corner or a seventh round pick for just a guy who's like 
like a Nick Mullins or like a competent just backup. You know, and you know, the other thing that we maybe maybe they just feel like this team's gonna be bad. So why would we go out and get a backup quarterback that you know like we had to pay more money for when at the end of the day it you know, obviously they're not saying like it doesn't really matter or because they're do- not tanking. It does matter if we win or lose, but at the end of the day, like this team was never going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, but like that's it's the NFL. You can't just put a subpar product out there and say, "Oh yeah, we're going to be bad." Like it's there's too I mean, many ticket like sales. There's too did. much. Yeah, there's too much revenue. Yeah, like it's just like it's not. It's not like. But like in the in the case of the, the Cardinals, right? They they planned for you know, a possible injury and went out and got a serviceable quarterback in Colt McCoy who won them a couple games, right? And so, like, that – but I feel like they had that mindset because, like, they are thinking, hey, we're going to be good this year. We need to think of all possible outcomes. I, God forbid yeah. something happens to Kyler. We need somebody that can step in and run the offense and still win us games. The Lions Detroit should might not be, be thinking like well, that. Well, every team should be thinking that way, though. Every team should be thinking, hey, sure. we're trying to win games. Yeah. I know we're not tanking. We're trying to win games. Yeah. But you're tanking. I know. But, yeah. like, you need to – I mean, because every single week we were we were spoon-fed, you know, the narrative. We're, we're not competitive. Tanking. We're not yeah. tanking. We're, we're trying to win games. So do things that are evident of that, I guess, if that's what you're doing. Uh, I guess if I had to think about a reason as to why they didn't bring in a, a more competent backup – Maybe it's as simple as just like they didn't want to shake up things around with golf. They kind of just like didn't want to have a real I th- competitor I think there that, for him to go against because yeah. like you have to maximize on golf. You have to see what you have with him. Mm. And if you bring in competition for him, if it's you just going to McCoy. It might make things worse for him, especially if he goes out and Cole McCoy, God forbid, plays decent and plays yeah. better. Then no one's going to want golf back in. But you're stuck with golf for however many years. And that so. fat ass contract right. that he's got. So. I, I agree with that 100%. And that's something, I think that that's something the Lions can be, never say. They yeah. can never, ever say that. No. Because no. that would just – you just don't do that. That's a that's so. a backroom discussion. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I totally agree with that. Um, Unsolved mysteries. We did it. Yeah. We figured it out. <laughs> you, got it, you got it wrong? First wrong? Yeah. You know, this one I feel like uh, is kind of lackluster. And it's – I don't know if, if I'm really calling out the Lions on this, but I kind of am. Uh, Al – We've mentioned it numerous times on the podcast. We're both uh, – we go to every home game. Um, we're, we love going to the games. Ford Field this year was uh, abysmal. <laughs> there was there was numerous games where the turnout was horrible, and I'm not putting that on the fans because who would want to go see this product? Lions fans. It's all right. Yeah. I'm not putting that on the fans because nobody wants to go see this product that they're putting out on the field. Yeah. Totally understandable. Uh, I guess this is towards the Lions organization. You need to figure out ways to get people in the seats. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Attendance was, was pretty pitiful, um, especially in a year where we're coming off no COVID. fans last year. Yeah. We're coming off and COVID. You would think you would want your fans to come back in droves and yeah. come watch the team play, even if they're going to be pretty bad. I mean, Look, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do. I mean, there's just there's there was no juice for most of this year, and I, I think only, you know, real football fans who just understand mm. the the how the league works and how these teams work, like they're gonna understand where we're at and why it's for the better. But like, 
you know, Johnny Lyons fan is not going to go to Ford Field and spend $200 on tickets and then $150 on snacks and booze and like all that stuff, concessions, t-shirts. Like, yeah. They're not going to do that when they no. can just go watch the Lions lose at home. So, yeah. you know, winning makes everything better, no doubt. 100%. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they've been keeping fans this steady this this long. Yeah. <laughs> like at least with Stafford, you know, you you were kind of just like, well, maybe they got a shot this year. Maybe this is the year. Mm-hmm. This is the first year where it's like, okay, he's gone, and we're we're a nuclear meltdown meltdown level, yeah. and like we're starting over from ground zero. So I I guess that's a lot of it. Um, Ford Field also is not. You know, I, I have a lot of personal attachment Ford field. And I like it quite a bit as a stadium. I've been to a couple NFL stadiums and a couple of just like venues, but like, you know, Ford field's not the greatest stadium in the world. There's not, it's not this no. big draw. That's like, Oh, it's got all these things you can go and see and do. And like, it's got these like sights and sounds and attractions. And like, you know, we were joking about how pride Plaza was like absolutely dead. <laughs> like, yeah, like there were a couple games, game. yeah. most games where it was just like, it was like the walking dead out there. There mm-hmm. was just like nobody. And you could you could like actually feel the energy level so low. <laughs> so, look. Long story short, I think they need to start winning games, and they need to have some actual marquee players that people can like actually root for and go watch. And you know, I think I think the hardest years behind us. Hopefully, and hopefully, it's, it's only up from here with mm-hmm. this regime. But only time will tell, I guess. Yeah, cheaper cheaper stuff that would help too. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't know. Drop the ticket prices, whatever you got to do. I mean. It, they got the power hour. I mean, that's pretty good. Like a lot of teams don't even do that, you know. Yeah, but you got to get fans in the seats. You know, I'm I'm sick of hearing the Packers fans being louder than us uh, at a home game. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, what's your next one? My next right. Uh, this is going to be uh, probably the biggest one. Um, that I kind of talked about a lot last last week when we were doing our um, our awards for mm-hmm. the year, but. Um, obviously the hire of Dan Campbell. I think they, I think they did a good job with that too. I think there was a lot of question marks, uh, when they first hired him, especially since there were actually a lot of good candidates out there for coaches last year. Yeah. Um, it was definitely not the choice that I was hoping for initially, or I like mean, I even he wasn't knew about on anybody's radar. Right. And, you know, I got to say a year in, I I've liked for the most part what I've seen. There's, I'll get into some of the other stuff. I'm one of my wrongs, but mm-hmm. on the whole, he got a ton out of this roster, like way more yep. than a lot of coaches would get out of this roster in the league. I feel like, I mean, I think urban Myers, the easy comparison here, just yeah. how polar opposite those two situations went. And urban Myers roster was a heck of a lot better than this one. A heck of a lot better. And like, you know, they, they were, they're picking one and we're picking yeah. two. And you, we talk about all the time, how the, the guys like they want to fight for Dan Campbell He's got that rah-rah mentality and those, all the stuff they were kind of they were kind of pitching with him. I feel like that's the vibe they're throwing out with him. And I don't I don't know how much we bought into it initially, but I, I I will say at this point, a full season in, I can see how this could work. Yep. So I think not agree f- more. first time in a while, you know, since Jim Caldwell probably, I feel like the coaching is is good. Yeah. I would I would one hundred percent agree with that. The other thing I think Dan Campbell did really well is bringing in a great staff around him. Yeah, no doubt. And I, you know, I a lot of that probably has to do with with uh, Brad Holmes and and John Dorsey and guys like mm-hmm. that. And uh, what's his name? Uh, God, Spielman. 
yeah him too you know they got a lot of just good football people yeah in, in the organization now and like those are big moves and uh yeah he's just surrounded by a lot of people who are going to make him better and those are all the kind of things we were hoping for this year and i saw enough of it to make me have some faith in this couldn't was agree it, more was it perfect no we'll get into it but no okay um i'm gonna go to a wrong my other wrong okay uh close games Obviously saw some wins in close games, such as the Packers and uh, the Vikings, their first win. But there was also a lot of games where they could have won. Um, and, you know, one or two things go awry and maybe they do win, but they didn't. And they that that is something that they will have to focus on next year is winning those close games. Um, obviously we had, I think three games that we lost off of a last second field goal, including one that was an NFL record. Yeah. Um, but they have to find ways to win those games for the love of God. If they run prevent in a, you know, under one minute, they need a field goal situation and our defense is running prevent. I'm going to scream, but. They just got to find win. They got to find a way. They got to find a way. They, you know, like that, that will, you can already tell that the culture is changing there. Winning those close games will improve that tenfold easily. Yeah. Uh, it really helps, you know, players buy in and fans to buy in to what they're pitching and yeah. the culture thing. I, I totally agree. For me, when I think about why they lost a lot of those close games this year, it's purely based on talent. Yeah. Team because this, despite the record, is not an NFL caliber roster. No, I mean, we're signing guys off the street to come and play significant snaps. And like, (laughs) you know, Jerry Jacobs is like a feel good story, but like, you don't want an NFL roster. No, where Craig Reynolds and Jerry Jacobs are like key contributors. Like, that you don't want that. And, you know, a lot of that is just them falling apart because they don't have enough talent to stop a, a Baltimore Ravens getting that field goal for the Niners from sealing the deal. Like, you know, they, they got lucky in a couple of games and did make it happen. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was definitely a lot of close games that could have gone differently. Tim Boyle throwing a, a interception in the red zone against the Falcons, like exactly. on a game winning drive, potentially yeah. like, you know, just bad players. Yep. And that's just kind of where we're at. So, you know. Definitely a problem, definitely a wrong, but I mm-hmm. think it's something with more more players in the roster that actually are NFL caliber. Uh, I think we'll see less of, hopefully. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, a wrong for me, I guess kind of to piggyback off of that, is uh, play calling. Um, I felt like there were a lot of times where Dan Campbell, I know I kind of just gave him his flowers, but <laughs> there were a lot of times where he did make bad calls and he did look like a rookie head coach. And sometimes he would be, inconsistent with being super aggressive. Sometimes he wouldn't be aggressive at the right times. Sometimes he'd be like head scratchingly aggressive. Sometimes he would run the ball way too much. Sometimes there are screen passes way too much. You know, do you think this was mainly front loaded in the season? Um, I feel like we had narrative. That Bears game was pathetic. At Soldier Field, that game was like, that was the one where I was like, what yeah. is happening? Like, that was like a horrible yeah. game. Yeah. And they were on a kind of a skid around yeah. that point in the season where things were looking really grim. I think that he really, uh, I think that narrative kind of died out in the second half of the season. But I totally agree in that front half of the season, 
he was making very rookie head coach mistakes. And I didn't like what I saw, frankly, when they gave him the reins or he took the reins to call offense. Like it took, a, it initially, took him like, a couple I didn't weeks. Like, I was like, Anthony Lynn is not a bad coach. Like, what yeah. are you doing? And like, you've never been a coach before. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You've been a tight ends coach and yeah. like an interim for the Dolphins for a handful of games. Like, I don't know about this, but yeah, I guess you could say by the end of the year, it definitely that definitely kind of was a less of a factor, I guess. There were still some calls where I'm like, just take the points. What yeah. are you doing? Like, that was kind of consistent throughout the year. Um, but part of it, that's kind of his, like, his style, too. Like, he's kind of just, like, a more gutsy yeah. play caller. And, like, sometimes it, it works and makes sense. But, like, you know, when it's third and 13 and you're doing a run up the middle with Swift yeah. for the 18th time, yeah, it's like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. that makes no sense. Yeah. So it's a mixed bag there, but ultimately um, it got better, but I still got jot down as a little bit of a wrong. Yeah. I think that's a wrong that is trending in the right direction, which a lot of these are. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a good sign. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that they're getting right is the core of this rebuild. Uh, I think that, Penny Sewell has panned out perfectly. I think that they have a very solid offensive line. They got to figure out a way to stay healthy. Um, and it's starting to show very, very clearly. Uh, are we averaged 110 yards of rushing a game? Uh, you remember, do you know when the last time that happened? <laughs> my go to was Reggie Bush. So 2013. Yeah, that's my How about that. Guess. Wow, nailed it. Uh, averaged 112. <laughs> Um, so I think they're trending in the right direction by building this thing from the inside out. Uh, I think the defensive line showed improvements. I feel like it still has a long way to go in generating pressure without blitzing, um, which is a massive key to the game, being able to rush for and get pressure on the quarterback. But I think that they have some players they obviously were missing Romeo all year, who is apparently our best defensive lineman. Um, we'll have to see about that next year. But Charles Harris showed up from time to time. You know, they, they're finding things here and there. They just got to be able to put it together a little bit better and then start working their way out. Uh, but I think that they're off in the right direction currently. I feel like this draft is going to be very telling on where they think they are in this rebuild. You know what? Um, my my next right uh, is so kind of perfectly synced up with this that I'm just going to kind of pivot into it. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's a nice compliment to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my, mine was giving young players a lot of opportunity. Yeah. And I think it's kind of hand in hand with the rebuild going in the right direction, like, you know, at its core. Yeah. Um, I think that you're absolutely right with all the young guys who stepped in and had big roles like a Penny Sewell. Ahmad Ross St. Brown, mm-hmm. you know, you got guys like that. And Jerry, a warrior. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing I was going to get to. It's like you have these guys who are kind of a question mark. You know, mm-hmm. Jerry Jacobs, a, a Craig Reynolds, a, a, a Lee McNeil. You have these yep. guys who are young and you, you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. Uh, but they were featured heavily. And yep. like a lot of them panned out to look like pretty good contributors on a bad team. Yes. But mm-hmm. like. You know, that's what you have to do when you're in the spot and you have a roster that's just like got holes everywhere. He's, someone's got to play. And it's good to see that they put a lot of young guys in those spots where a lot of them showed signs of improvement throughout the year. And like, hey, maybe with some more support around these guys, like maybe we have something here. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't just complete incompetence from every position just because they're young players. And 
the more opportunities they got, the better they got. So that was something I, I loved watching throughout the year. Like, I didn't know who Jerry Jacobs was. No, nobody did. But by the time he goes out, he has a heartfelt tweet, and I'm actually sad. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, like he's, that's... A, he's a hometown favorite now. We're going to bite a kneecap off. So, love yeah. to see that. Uh, I think those two points kind of go hand in hand. I think so, too. Yeah. You know, I'll, it's, and again, you know, this is also, also tying into, you know, that big question of how is this upcoming draft going to go? Who are they going to yeah, pick? I guess I really thought about that. I yeah. guess it will really show where they think they're at. I mean, yeah. I, look, I still think that there are a ton of holes on this roster, and they Absolutely. have a lot of spots to fill. But, um, you know, they made progress. They made steps. And this thing at the beginning of last year was maybe besides the Texans. and uh, Actually, yeah, that's about it. Besides the Texans, I would say it was the worst-looking operation on paper. Yeah. Longest rebuild. Good luck. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. a, now a year in. Uh, I'm feeling definitely, definitely a lot better. Yeah, took took a took a good step this past year. Yeah, we're just chugging Kool Aid. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna end this on uh, one more note. It's got to be a wrong, unfortunately, because I just uh, jumped the gun and did my last right. That's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, this is a, this is a big one for me. Um, addressing wide receiver. Yeah, uh, I think they had zero excuse all year long. Uh, to to like, I know Amon Rob panned out and looked pretty good at the end of the year. I know that we had Tyrell Williams at the beginning of camp and you know, whatever, but like, dude, there was a stretch there around the trade deadline where nothing was happening. And like, I couldn't believe the amount of effort that was being put into them. Like what? Yeah. There were reports like, Oh, maybe they're interested in trading for a receiver, whatever. There were guys in the street could have signed and they, they ultimately got Josh Reynolds who ended up being a contributor. But like, yeah, for a while it was just like, what are we doing? We have absolutely zero talent, a wide receiver, and this is turning into a dumpster fire. I think Amon Ross St. Brown really heating up at the end of the year made that narrative disappear a little bit for me, but mm. still was a, a constant struggle throughout the season. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I mean, I can almost, again, this kind of, my, my devil's advocate play here pans back to my last positive where, you know, like they're building, they're doing this rebuild from the inside out and maybe they just feel like, what's the point? You know, like they're a three and 13 team. If you really want to see what you got with golf, you need to give him something. Yeah. And I think that they will, you know, it's his first year, you know, and in even with nothing, he was proving towards the end that, you know, he can be competent back there. So I think, I think that will be addressed moving forward. I think that, you know, it, they just wanted to get their feet in the water start building up the lines and then eventually start working their way out. They're also without hawk all year. Yeah. But I, I, I just, I, I think we're not aligned on this because it's just like, there's no excuse that you couldn't just picked up the phone, called three free agent wide receivers and said, come in, sign on the practice squad. If you stick around, you're decent. Fine. But like, this also no goes back to, against of what you were saying, who are you going to call off the free agent list? That's not 28. That's Who cares? not old. Who you cares? were saying get the young guys playing time. He's taken if you're bringing Which some young guy guys out, besides Amon Ra at the receiver position need to get play time. Tell me why. I mean, Khalif Raymond wasn't. I mean, he wasn't great, but he's also you know. like 26, 27. He's not. A, he's not a rookie. All right. Well, how old is Josh Reynolds? About the same. All right. Well, bringing in Golden Tate, that dinosaur is going to be taking away snaps. <laughs> I. I don't know who else you would have brought in from a free agency standpoint. Because, uh, I mean, who could you have brought in? Look, it would have been a pretty mediocre uh, list to choose from, but yeah. it would have been something. 
Ooh, yeah. it's something better than Tom Kennedy. And you know, Tom Kennedy's got a cannon arm. All right. Well, let's let's be done with this. Okay, let's go ahead and close. The- <laughs> let's close the show out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening to the thirty-fifth episode of Great Iron Zeros. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Great Iron Zeros. Be sure to follow us on TikTok at Great Iron Zero Pod. Uh, be sure to check us out on YouTube, uh, Great Iron Zeros. Um, be sure to make good choices and good decisions, Al. That was the most uh, clear and concise outro that you've ever done on the show, you. in the history of the show. 35 episodes in, ladies and gentlemen. I will say um, <laughs> we're, we're starting to uh, potentially look to YouTube again. It's been a little bit dead for a few months, but I feel like with these Lions discussions, they've been kind of nice just to clip off and throw on up there. So mm-hmm. if you want to re-listen to it, help us get some views, some likes, some traction. Uh, it would be much appreciated to check it out on YouTube. Drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. I think you can also now review on Spotify, so be sure to do that. Uh, Anything else? Nope. Uh, Championship games next week. Uh, Then we got the Pro Bowl the week after, and then the Super Bowl. So this thing is winding down. And you're saying Bengals 49ers for the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's got to be my pick right now. I'm going the exact opposite. I do not blame you for one second. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Sleeping in big.